Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. All connected. Everything. So what does Haley Atwell look like in person, Russell? You know how she looks like on TV? Yes. A little bit better than that, actually. Really? Stunning. How can one look better than <laughs> how she looks on TV? It, it's funny because, you know, I've been to several of these panels over several years now. I mean, been going to, to cons regularly since, I don't know, I guess 2007 when... Um, buddy of mine and and me went to San Diego in 2007, and <clears throat> I've seen, not to say that some people look worse or some people look better, but so Haley Atwell, I think, looks better in person than on TV, and Amanda Tapping, like, I don't know if you ever watched Stargate? Mm, uh, one of them. I don't know which one it was. I never really got that into the whole phenomenon. Gotcha. Well, she was on the main Stargate TV show, and then after that was over, swapped over to Atlantis for, I think, a season or two, um, and then guest appeared on Universe. Anyway, those are like my two um, like Hollywood people that don't need all the crazy makeup and get up to look better than they do on TV. Just absolute stunners. This sounds like the uh, Trisha Helfer incident of 2008. <laughs> when I lost all control of my legs. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So, yeah. what are we doing here tonight? Uh, well, it is all connected. Episode, I'm going to call this 64A. All right, we had a .5 recently, and now we're going with an A. I like it. Yeah, yeah, mix it up a little bit. So, this will be 64A, and the only reason I say that is because... so. I, luckily enough, the folks over at Comic Palooza uh, have invited us back as press again this year. And uh, today was the kickoff of the con, and Haley Atwell, the aforementioned Haley Atwell, did a QA and a uh, at the panel at the con today. And tomorrow, which is Saturday, May 23rd, as you're listening to this, will be uh, Kobe Smulders is going to be doing a Q&A. Nice. And then on Sunday, May 24th, uh, Chloe Bennett and Rosario Dawson are doing Q&As. Now, they're not doing Q&As together. They're doing separate Q&As. Uh, so my intention is to get to all four of those, one down, three to go, uh, and get audio and video. And hopefully, I am better prepared tomorrow than I was today. Oh, they caught you a little off guard today, did they? Yes. So the published time for the panel to start was 3.30. And I'm milling around the con. I'm checking things out. And it's like a little after two, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know how busy it's going to be. The con was fairly light today, just given that it's a, a you know weekday still. So I thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll mosey on over there, and you know, usually they'll let press go in early and, and get set up, uh, so I get that done. And the guy letting everybody into the panel is like, oh yeah, they're getting ready to start, and I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was supposed to start at three thirty. It started at two thirty. Uh, it may be even a little before. I wasn't looking at my watch, so I was scrambling to get the camera set up and you know all this other kind of stuff and 
and uh, I didn't have a time. I didn't have time to kind of check all my settings and do all that crazy overprepared stuff that I'm notorious for. And uh, so I started recording the panel, and like the first minute and a half or two minutes, I realized that I turned the audio off on the on my uh, on my DSLR because I normally you know do the unboxing videos and then do the voiceover after. Uh, so I was like, crap, stopped, uh, re-enabled it, and then started the recording again. Uh, so it clipped off the first minute or two um, of that, so I apologize ahead of time for that. Um, but I did get video, so if, if, you're, if you're curious to see uh, how Miss Atwell is looking, um, you can head over to mcuexchange.com. There will be a link to the YouTube video. Uh, I'm sure on the Facebook page we'll have that posted as well. Uh, it's not too long. I think it's, it's about 26 minutes total. Uh, her panel was, and it was just literally just Q and A. There wasn't uh, there wasn't really an agenda. It was uh, Tom Koch, who's an anchor at the local ABC affiliate news uh, channel here in Houston, that moderated it, um, and uh, basically just took a bunch of audience questions. So um, she dished a couple things related to the show. Nothing, uh, nothing, you know, big. Uh, just that she'd been meeting with Marvel. Uh, last week to talk about upcoming scripts and, you know, just kind of where she wants the show to go and stuff like that. So she, she kind of dished a little bit on that, um, but definitely worth worth checking out. She's just delightful. She's absolutely delightful. I mean, just just as you would imagine her by knowing her character on uh, the, the movies and the TV show, she's pretty close to that in real life, it seems. Just just a real delight. Great. And I'm sure, uh, did you get the, the usual audience questions that people can't answer, like, What's going to happen in Civil War? You know, anything, Fun- <laughs> anything no. in, in those uh, areas? No, funny enough, not really. Most of it was just, um, you know, they, they asked, you know, again, like what, you know, what can we, um, oh, one of them was talking about Lindsay Fonseca's character, uh, you know, and she said, you know, she, how much she loved working with her and that she can't imagine that she wouldn't be in season two. Uh, but again, didn't confirm it. But most of them were pretty above board. There, there are a couple questions, you know, where people try to get a little political, um, and she kind of uh, danced around that a little bit, and you know, just just kind of answered it. Um, but for the most part, it was it. There wasn't there wasn't the eye rolly con questions that you get. Uh, some sometimes I cringe in taping these things because you're always going to get somebody that's going to either a- ask something way off base or. Uh, just do something uh, that makes you want to cringe in your seat. Right. Um, but the con, uh, just talk a little bit about the con. So the con, Comic Palooza in Houston, it, it's really, really coming along. I'm, I'm really impressed every year what they're able to do with that convention. And they really just kind of learn from the previous years. You know, one of the big things last year was registration. There were huge lines and... They really went like the extra mile this year to let people register ahead of time, and they went to local comic shops on free comic book day and stuff like that to let people pick up their passes there. And um, you know, they're really just kind of pulling out all the stops to make it uh, to make it better and better. So um, I'm really impressed with it. I mean, if if anybody listening to this has any inclination to you know attend a, a different kind of con, I, I highly highly recommend it. Um, and End of May in Houston can be kind of a, a, a toss-up sometimes. It could be brutally hot or it could be really, really nice. And today it was actually mid-70s for most of the day, which uh, was a little unusual uh, weather-wise. But, uh, but it's usually before it gets really, really crazy hot and, and sticky. So, uh, you know, definitely that, that Memorial Day weekend every year is when they have it. So uh, hats off to those guys. 
Yeah, and you know that you're 100% right about a different kind of con. I mean, I'm, I'm in the New York area, and the only con we really get is New York Comic Con. And while it's awesome to get the big panels, you know, you're not going to get an Avengers panel at Comicpalooza. Uh, but in the same vein, I can't get into the giant panels at New York Comic Con because it is blown up so big. Sure. And, you know, we're not going to get a Q&A with anybody. It's like you're either in the big panels or they're signing autographs. There's no in-between, you know, at, at, at a New York Comic Con or a San Diego. Um, so, yeah, something like Comic-Palooza sounds really cool, just being able to have smaller scale interaction with the stars. That's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and it's it's really quirky too. I mean, we talked about this on other shows in the past, but it's you know, they do like roller derby and like lightsaber battling and, you know, like sword fighting and you know, it's it's like part circus, part convention, part, you know, it's just it's it's a little bit of everything. So you know, you know, if you like your celebrities and stuff, you've got that. If you want your comic stuff, you've got that. And if you want just something a little weird, you've got that too. So, uh, a little bit for a little bit of everything for everybody. Which again, you don't usually get that kind of diverse um, content at at like your New Yorks or your San Diegos or even your Wizard World shows. Right. So good stuff. Excellent. Sounds like you're gonna have a good weekend. This should be some great coverage for the next uh, couple of days or. As fast as we can get it up anyway, maybe over the course of the week, we get up all the different panels or maybe two go up at once. Who knows? Yeah. So just, yeah, keep keep an eye out. Um, and I apologize for this first one. Like I said, uh, the, the audio kind of has a couple breaks. Uh, like I said, started about a minute and a half late. Um, and if you're watching the video again, uh, I apologize. I didn't, I couldn't set up my tripod just because of the, the you know, everything was kind of rushed. So for the panels tomorrow and Sunday, you won't see that kind of presentation for those. It'll be a lot more uh, polished and a lot more steady. So, um, so try and try and uh, not, don't hold this one against this. Is, this is killing Russ. It's killing him. I can, it is. I can hear it in his voice. <laughs> All right. So uh, enjoy this Q and a with Haley Atwell from comic Palooza 2015 and uh, check back soon for more coverage. Um, but yeah, what, be the opposite of me. <laughs> well, the idea behind it is you do these, this workshop for six hours where you talk, you talk about the power of the mind okay. and how we can overcome your fears by facing them. And then you're given a block of wood and you write down what your fears are, if there's someone or something that's holding you back from doing something that you want in your life. And then a group of people take all these blocks of wood and they burn them all day until they're, they're burned into kind of rows. And, and then at night time you walk across them, so you're kind of, you're, you're walking over your fears, basically. It's very, it's, it's thrilling, it's great. Has it helped you in your career? Um, I think so, to be, to be fearless, or to at least, if I, if I am faced with moments of fear and nervous kind of energy, to find a way of channeling it so it doesn't inhibit me from doing what I want to do. So I think it's a very positive experience, yeah. Okay, I read also that you got interested in acting way back when your mother took you to see Ray Fiennes, right? In, yeah. Right, in Hamlet? Yeah, Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah. My mum always felt that theatre was a very ceremonial, beautiful, kind of sacred thing, right. where you're you're all sitting in the dark and you all go on this, this story and this journey together, and it's a very um, it's kind of very cathartic experience for the audience as well as the actors. So I always felt that acting in its purest thought form in theatre was quite a, a noble profession, um, and so that's kind of how I got into it. 
And, you know, he's an incredible actor. Yeah. Have you ever had a chance to meet him since? Um, yes, I saw or him. Work with him. Of, yes, we did the Duchess together. Oh, really? And, uh, and I saw him a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he was he won an award in London for um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh. Um, and, yeah, and I think he's on stage in London at the moment, so I'm going to go and see him. Yeah, okay. he's great. What I didn't announce ahead of time was if, if you're hearing impaired, um, or just hard of hearing, right there, we have two sign language interpreters up here. I just wanted to mention that. And if you have a question, please line up at this microphone right here, and we will take questions from the audience if you have anything specific you'd like to ask her. Um, yes, come on, come on did, up. Did either of your parents no. ever get involved in acting? No, never. They just always loved it, and they were a massive fan of movies and theatre, but I'm the first person in my family to, to be a part of this world, so I feel very privileged. And you like acting, acting across all the spectrums? I mean, sci-fi has sort of been you know, the money maker here yeah, for you lately, but... I, I, I suppose theatre's always going to be my great love. Is it? Yeah, and I always go back to the theatre. It's, um, it's kind of where I, where I hone my skills, and you, you, you figure out very quickly what your limitations as an actor is, and I think that's really exciting. Um, and it's just something that I will never, I'll never give up. Okay. Alright. First question, here we go. Hello. Hello. Um, so, I very much love Black Widow, and I'm very much looking forward to Captain Marvel, but you are the first star of the first female-driven Marvel project. How big of an honor and responsibility is that for you? Um, well, it's, it's, a great, it's a great honor because there's such a loyal fan base for this world, and a lot of the, the work that I've done before, um, you, you don't, you, you leave the character behind, whereas Peggy Carter has affected my life in many ways, and mainly from meeting the fans at conventions like this. Uh, the positive influence that she's had on, especially young people, has been truly um, humbling and very moving, um, that, that you, can, you can go into work every day and play something, have a, a kind of a level of responsibility of making sure that I'm doing her justice, and I'm also, I'm myself as, as a person standing also for what Peggy believes in, and she's, um, she's a great humanitarian, um, and that's kind of taught me how to, to be more open-minded and to be more accepting of people and their differences, because I think she would be. So it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous honor, yeah. We are most certainly doing her justice. Thank you. By the way, before I ask a question, would you mind, and everyone else, just stating your name and tell us where you're from, which is kind of oh, interesting yeah, here. But I want to say, you, you actually can learn something from your characters, can't you? Certainly. I think you can learn something from, from every character you play, even you, though you play uh, like, um, someone who's considered bad, like I played Bess Foster in The Duchess, who seemingly was a kind of a, a home wrecker. There was something quite remarkable about what that character taught me, which was that she's so driven by... Um, doing anything to make sure her children are okay, that she has her own moral compass. And I think that's the, the trick about playing evil characters, that they don't believe that they're evil, that they believe that what they're doing is right in their own way, although it's wrong to the rest of the world. So you, it just makes you kind of open up your mind a little bit about how, how people operate and how different we all are. Please. Hi, Hi. Um, I'm Marena. I'm from here in Houston. Uh, so I was really excited when I heard you were coming to Palooza. Um, so, uh, I have a question, and, um, so I am really interested in Peggy Carter, and I think she's a really great character, and I was wondering if in season two of Agent Carter, um, uh, if we're going to go into maybe some of her backstory, what happened before the events of the Captain America movie? I had this conversation with the showrunners uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and, um, we talked about what is it that the audience want to see, and what was very exciting is, in the second season, you know, she's, she's, um, grieved over, don't worry, you can stand. <laughs> um, she's grieved over Steve, 
and she's now about to make embark on a new adventure in her life. So she's in a much better place. So in terms of where she is, it's going to be a lot lighter for her. There's going to be more humour to her and more warmth. Um, she's not struggling so much with her identity. But then, um, and I also think that the showrunners really want to move it forward so that it's, it's you know, it's going to be set in LA, there's going to be 10, 10 episodes, it's going to be a very kind of glamorous dark world of the 1940s Los Angeles. Um, and I think that it might be touched upon a little bit about her background, but I think we want to kind of move it forward so the, the audience feel like we're taking them on, on a new journey. Yeah. Great, thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> Hi, Haley. Um, my name's Anna. I'm actually from Mapita Springs, Louisiana. My best friend and I drove seven hours to <gasps> here today. Wow, thank you. That's amazing. Um, my question is, I've heard you talk a lot in the past um, about how much you enjoy writing and what a passion of yours it is. And I was curious as to whether you would involve that in your future with maybe conjoining with Agent Carter to write or whether you're interested in writing theater, poetry, or just your Ooh, um, That's a great question. I, I write a lot of nonsense. I write a lot of dear diary. Uh, and they're so funny to look back on. I have them all at home, and they're all like, you know, when I was 13, how into some guy I was, when he would never kind of reply to my letters, and how, and that's, this is obviously the time before texts, so like handwritten, I feel ancient. Um, but they're, they're all very much like, I, it's, I find writing cathartic, and I, I don't think I would be writing on Agent Carter. I would love to produce or direct one of the episodes if we go into future seasons. Um, I think there's room for me to do that. And um, I've learned a lot from doing Peggy Carter about how, how a show is put on and, and um, created. Um, and I think if I was to ever write anything in the future, it would be, I, I have this like problem with actors who kind of feel like they're an expert in something, like, I'm going to tell you about it in your life. I find it all a bit, <laughs> bit sketchy when you, like, when you think that you're more important than anyone else and you start to, you know, start to feel like you, can, you have a say in something. So I, I, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit, I think what I would write, I would write very funny, silly, dorky anecdotes about my career and it would be really tongue-in-cheek and silly and fun. Um, it wouldn't be too serious. I think that's kind of appeals to me and I've had so many great experiences doing the show and, and you know, pranking with my co-stars and being silly with them that I would love to share more of that with, with the fans because I know they're really into that. Yes, it'd be fantastic. And I just want to say you look really majestic. Don't be surprised if I pass out like mid-question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my question is, uh, how does it feel to be kind of like hailed as like a feminist icon in such a 1940s, like, you know, kind of sexist, oppressive time in, uh, in Agent Carter? Um, as a, did you say feminist icon? Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's wonderful. I think you know sometimes feminism can be seen as a dirty word, but I, what I stand for is equality for both sexes and an understanding of the, the roles women can play um, now are so much greater than we've ever been able to um, have before. And it's you know I think with with Peggy Carter, the sexism is very clear. It's very clear when people are being misogynistic. I think nowadays it's, it, there's slightly more sophisticated ways that sexism is, is kind of portrayed and I think you have to kind of dig deep to find out where, where it exists and how to kind of um, uncover it and expose it for what it is. Um, it's, but it, as, as I said before, it's kind of part of the honour of playing Peggy and the responsibility of playing Peggy, of um, someone who is a humanitarian who stands up for equality for all people. And um, she has an incredibly strong moral compass that guides her and that, that came from Captain America and what she learned from Steve and wanting to carry on his work, although in her mind he's, he's dead. Um, 
Yeah, so it's um, it's wonderful. I don't want to be too political about it because this is an, a show, an entertaining show. <laughs> and again, if I was to suddenly try and stand in my kind of soapbox and preach too much, I think people get a bit fed up of it. But um, I do, you know, I do believe that that stories have an incredible power to move and to change our perception of the world. And and Peggy certainly for that time is about a woman who knows her value. And I think that's a message that, that is a wonderful thing that we all, all take with us, whoever we are. So thank you so much. Thank you. Fun day, isn't it? Hi, I'm Cassidy and I'm from Houston. And it's so amazing that you're here. You're my favorite actress, one of my favorite people in general. So, I'm so excited. Thank you. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Now, my question's a little silly, but you tweeted about taking a um, superheroine quiz and you didn't get Peggy. I didn't get Peggy! No! <laughs> I, I, always got, I got Gamora. That, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was what I was going to ask. I was like, BuzzFeed, I've got a bone to pick with you. So I'm like, now you've given me an identity crisis. I don't even know how to get Peggy. I, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Well, you're always Peggy to us. So thank oh, you for being here. <laughs> you're big on social media, too. I am. I use a lot. A lot. My name is Jessica, I'm from Houston, and I think at some point you probably ask all the Peggies in the audience to scream, because there are a lot of cosplayers of you. Yeah, I want to see, where are all the Peggies? I want to see them all. Hi, woo! Oh, hello ladies, it's amazing. That was the first costume I saw today, she put a giant British flag on her satchel, just in case anyone thought there was another brunette wearing a bomber jacket. <laughs> She'll be up in a second. Anyway, you made the mistake of mentioning funny, silly, dorky anecdotes and also the word pranking. Yes. So I was wondering if you could tell us a funny story about Tom something, something had gone wrong on stage or in filming. Well, we, um, I, I think it's on, it's on Twitter. I put it on Instagram and Twitter um, on Halloween. Uh, just, I hid in James Darcy's trailer. <laughs> And I could, you know, I could hear him outside going, Hello, good morning, good to see you, lovely to be here, la la la. Being very lovely and British and charming and sweet. And uh, he was kind of like toddling up to his trailer. And I just jumped out at him and he screamed. And it was brilliant. He had so many emotions of terror, confusion. I'm kind of enjoying this. Oh God, thank God it's nothing really scary. But what are you doing in my trailer? And then he fell. He fell onto the sofa and then he fell onto the floor and he still had his little backpack on and he looked so cute. So that kind of started the stupid game playing and then, um, you know, we have this silly games like we kind of stand at the other end of the set and throw giant grapes into each other's mouths and see how many we can hold in our mouths and kind of compete with each other. And they also do a dueling thing on office chairs that have wheels on them outside in the parking lot. We would just we'd get like some kind of blunt object and sit on these wheelie chairs and just charge at each other and just see who would, who would kind of like give up first. It was just, I mean, when, when I'm with James Darcy and Dominic Cooper in particular, you'll notice this on my kind of Twitter feed and Instagram, we become, we become like five-year-olds. It's ridiculous. And it's surprising that we ever get any work done, to be honest. Um, but it, it makes the time go by quite quickly, and, uh, and I guarantee there'll be a lot more pranks on season two. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here in Houston. I'm from Houston. My mother is British. She's from Watford, England. I know it well. Yes, very good. <laughs> um, my question is, since you have a theater background, mm -hmm. is there a character during your off time from Agent Cotter that you would really love to play, and who is that? 
Yeah, um, there is, and I, and, uh, yeah, I, I was offered, I was offered my dream role and I had to turn it down because of conflicting schedules, but if it came up again I would take it, it would be Hermione in A Winter's Tale. Jackson, Texas, and I was wondering, what is it like to kick butt at this <laughs> It's very satisfying. <laughs> um, and I think some of you might have known that I, when I started rehearsing, I accidentally kicked quite a lot of stuntmen in the um, down from stairs region. Um, I think there were six of them, and then I hit someone over the back, I think it was one of the crew, with, with a lead pipe by accident, and then I kicked a chair. You remember that there's a diner scene, I think it's in episode 5, and I kick a chair to Jarvis, and as we were rehearsing that, I kicked it into the assistant director. Who, um, who just went, what is that? And then turned us to realise it was me and went, oh, oh, no, it's, that's okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, amazing what you get away with when you, when you get to play Peggy Carter. Um, uh, and yeah, and so I, I wasn't as graceful as Peggy when I did it, it was quite clumsy, but it's... It's great, it's so satisfying, because you, you know you're in a safe place where you're not going to really get into trouble if you hurt someone, a little bit. And uh, so it channels the aggression really well. <laughs> I highly recommend some form of like martial arts, that sort of thing. Um, any kind of physical activity that helps you kind of get involved in your, in your body and your movement, and, and it helps to channel negative emotions in a really positive way. It's very cathartic. And they were all accidents. <laughs> Wow, hello, you look amazing. Hi, thank you. My name is Sophie, I just moved back to Houston from York. Oh, amazing. Um, my question is, in some articles I've read, it looks, it sounded like you and James had provided some Britishisms to the script to make it a bit more authentic when Peggy and Jarvis were speaking. Yes. So I was wondering what kind of Britishisms you suggested to the writing staff, and out of curiosity, if you found your accent changing as you were playing Peggy. Is there for my accent changing? Yes, considering the time and the location. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my normal accent's a bit more um, London, modern London. And so when I was with James, we had we were making sure that we were speaking a little bit proper. It was absolutely essential that we sounded like from the time, so it was very well articulated. Um, but that's also where our humour came from, because we, we had this very dry kind of banter between us. And, um, you know, James would often come up with, that, oh, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to say. It might be Why not? How, how, how old is this audience? <laughs> well, no, it's just that there was a thing, there's a line that he, he was talking about being partial to some sticky toffee pudding, which is very English. But he wanted to say, being partial to, and this is a real dessert in, London, in England, and it's and it's he wanted to say, <laughs> I'm quite partial to some spotted dick. <laughs> I can't believe I said that up. So he would, uh, he would, he would try and he would try and get some really silly, quite naughty innuendos in there, um, and uh, and we would just kind of giggle a lot. We try and make each other laugh, and we knew that it, we we knew the scene was working well if we were both on the verge of laughing, because that's when we knew that we were in the moment. We were playing with each other. We were having fun, and the scenes were going well because we were really in it. Um, and then it was just a competition to see who we could make laugh the most. Yeah. Who won? Uh, uh, James won, I, I just cracked up nearly every time he spoke. <laughs> I was terrible. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hi, Haley. My, um, 
I'm sorry, I'm really nervous. Uh, my name is Natalie. I'm here from Houston. I actually live in Spring, but I've uh, got a two-part question. Okay. Uh, what What are your ideas and your thoughts, not Peggy's, um, on intersectional feminism? On on, wait, on what? On intersectional feminism. Intersectional. What yes. does that mean? Um, across all races, like. Um, there, there's more than two genders, male and female. There's, you know, there's trans and other non-binary genders, uh, um, like, like trans women, uh, POCs, and then all, all stuff like that. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, um, I would I'd call myself a humanitarian first, and so, like I said, I believe in equality for all people, um, and and especially I would be kind of a, a supporter of diversity across the boards within media and within the arts and I think there are people, minorities, and I include women in this, who are underrepresented and misrepresented in films and television. Um, and that's something that we also brought up in, in um, at lunch the other day. Oh my god, I was having lunch. Angelina Jolie was behind me. What? You didn't invite me? I'm, I'm, I mean, I, she was absolutely beautiful. Anyway, sorry, that was a side note. We talked, we talked about diversity in Agent Carter, and that's going to be a very important subject of debate for the second season, um, from my, my part anyway. And it's, it's nice that, you know, I feel very lucky that Marvel have given me this opportunity and have built the show around me and around my strengths as an actress, but also around my, my kind of values. And uh, it's kind of, I'm slowly infiltrating Marvel by going... <laughs> Where are the women? Let's have, them, let's have people represented, better represented. So um, I feel like it's a very exciting step forward for, for television in that respect, and I, I will do everything that I possibly can to support the cause. All right, great. Mm -hmm. And then my second part, I'm graduating on May 30th. Do you want to come? <laughs> um, it, it, Wait, it, when is it? It's May 30th. Like, I'm the first graduating class from my school. Oh my god, that's something. Congratulations. Thank you. Do you um, okay. <laughs> I, I would say yes. Oh. But I've got a really good excuse. Okay. And you're all the first to know this. I don't think Marvel even know yet. I'm going to Atlanta to crash the set of Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be there then. So I'm, it's a good thing. That's the only excuse. Otherwise, I wouldn't come. Alright, alright. Okay, so then since you can't come, can I get like a video of you saying like congratulations or like college? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Congratulations on your graduation. Something along the lines of congratulations, gr first graduating class of early college academy at Salvation. I can't. Wait, I couldn't hear that. Sorry, say again. <laughs> Wait, can, can you come up closer? Come up closer. Hi. Okay, okay, okay. Ready? Congratulations on being the first. Graduating class, lots of love, and know your value. See? You never get unless you ask, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I just realized we're both cast members. Because you work for Disney, and my television station is owned by Disney, so... There we go. That's what they call us. God bless Disney. Not God bless Disney. <laughs> they don't call us employees at Disney, it is cast members. Alright. Uh oh, Hi. I think we have your youngest fan here. My name is Deanna Cooley. Hilly, are you gonna call with me? Well, I... Since your schedule's a little busy now, he's asking for 13 years from now to go to prom with him. Oh. <laughs>
You win. You win. It will be my pleasure to go to prom with you. Absolutely, I would love to. Thank you so much for asking. So by writing them down and being conscious of them, it made me face them. And it meant that every time I felt scared about that particular personal thing, I would remember having written it down. And I also remembered that I had the power to overcome it. And I believe that we all have the potential to overcome things that scare us if we face them, and we face them with courage. And so I think it does help, and I really recommend everyone doing it. I'm Diana, I'm from Texas or Houston here. Um, your character, Martha, in Black Mirror, like that was so awesome. Like that was like one of my favorite, that's like my favorite Black Mirror episode. If you were in that situation, like what would you choose to do? Would you at the towards the end, I don't want to oh, spoiler, but God. it's heartbreaking. It is so heartbreaking, Dude. but it's like, I don't know, what would you choose in that situation? Um well I'm gonna have to say, I mean it's gonna spoil it, but um I oh gosh. Um, well, that's that's the kind of the, that's why it's such a brilliant piece of writing. It's so complex because it means that either way she's she's in this awful dilemma, um, and she can't she can't destroy the, the even the kind of the robot version of him because it's the closest that she has. Um, but I, I think I would try and I I box him box him up and turn him off and tell him to shut up so I can get on with my life. <laughs> I think, it, I think it, essentially it holds her back. Like we, we, that final shot where you see her kind of about to go up the ladder and um, you see this kind of glazed look on her face and the director said that he, well he both, him and myself both felt that she had, had to take some kind of form of medication to numb the fact that she, the situation that she was living in. So I don't think she's very happy, and I think that if I was in her position, I would try and find a way of ridding myself of the illusion of him, so I was able to grieve properly and be able to move on. So just you do that, and then what about your daughter? Though, see, that's where I was wondering. I too. wouldn't ever tell her. I tell when she's older. I go, okay, okay. Mummy did something a bit crazy. Okay. <laughs> that's see that box in the wardrobe. <laughs> or I do it to scare her. You've been a really bad girl. <laughs> Get him out to scare the hell out of her. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, I think it's it's such a dark and ambiguous story, and it's something that I would kind of run a, a mile away from because I don't think it's healthy. But you did awesome. Thank you. Thank so much. you. Thank you. One more question. Um, hi, hi. Haley, I'm Gracie from um, here in Houston, and I was just wondering, in season two, could you tell us a little bit about how Angie and Peggy's relationship will develop a bit? <laughs> I knew they were going to get to that. I knew it. I love the online kind of love for Cardinelli. That's amazing. Um, I think she's 
I think Angie Senevin, season two. I can't see why they wouldn't bring her back. She's so loved, and she's such a wonderful part of the cast. And Lindsay's an, a dream, a true pleasure to work with. And it's so nice to have, you know, for two girls to have a friendship that's not based on competition or talking about men the whole time. It's uh, two women who are really, truly fond of each other and support each other. So um, I'm, I'm totally open to anything happening between them. Thank you, I love you. Uh, <laughs> One more young fan question. Okay. Hi, my name's Addison. Hi. I want to know how old were you when you started? How old I was when I started acting? I went to drama school when I was um, 20. So for, for an actor, I suppose that's quite late. But I, I knew I always wanted to act, but it was really important that I finished my education first. And that was important to my parents. So after I finished school, I decided to train as an actor, so I went and studied theatre, and then I graduated when I was 23. So I've been working in the industry for 10 years. How old are you? Seven. 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 That's an awesome age. <laughs> when I was your age, I was eight. <laughs> thank you. Thank you all, and thank, thank you. you to Haley. Louis, for the St. Louis Comic Con. Yeah, I wish we had more time.